right, welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I'm your host, John Burke. Um, going live with Jason, who's like doing a fucking... <laughs> Hey. Like right at the intro, then you're going to do your social media updates. Like, ah, oh, selfie. Yeah, I got to get you viewers. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, my God. So if you've ever listened to the podcast before when Jason comes on, Jason is a, well, I don't even know if you classify yourself as a small business owner anymore. Like, you're growing. You're growing. That's what she said, fast. That's also what she said. <laughs> Jason and I have known each other for quite some time. He's been instrumental in the success of Shellshock CBD with all the experiences that he has learned and passed on. The last episode we did, it was like a month or two ago, and I got a lot of messages about that, that you gave out some really helpful information and really helpful advice because of all the experience that you, um, you've acquired through your education, through your, your commitment to learning about business uh, applications, various different things like that. I mean, Jason is prominent in that field. So if you don't know who he's from, he's grillyourassoff.com. He's a veteran. It's veteran-owned. Um, they started out, what, what, five years ago? Uh, five and a half years ago. Five and a half years ago, and you were growing fast. So that's, again, what she said. Yes. Sorry. I was trying to do all the social. I don't do social media anymore, really, for the company. So, like, all of my social skills that I've learned over the past five years is, like, gone to shit. So, <laughs> I feel That's like not a old bad person way to now. be. That's not a bad way to be. No. I, I'm trying to learn TikTok, and it's been, a, it's been an experience. Mm. So, the question on everybody's mind is, are you single? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, good for you. Thank okay. you. Okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I was joking, but hey, we'll roll with it. Oh, no, you're good. We were just talking, yeah, because you came into town yesterday and we went out to the Rustic, had something to eat. We were talking about relationships and stuff like that. And you had some really good stories. So, yeah. I don't know if you could share those or not. <laughs> it's just that you've been around the dating world like myself and you've got some very interesting experiences and stuff like that. But if we, we can skip over that if you want. Out of respect to your current situation. Yeah, I mean, we can hit on certain things and then, you know, okay. I mean. So what's it been like for you these last couple of months? Uh, it's been it's been interesting. I mean, because like we talked about last time, like, you know, we've built a an asset to us mm -hmm. and it's very it can very, very fastly go away. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, a lot of people going in small business are going they're going to go in debt and yeah. you're going to be in debt for a long freaking time. Mm -hmm. Even if everything looks like everything's great going on, you're yeah. still in debt. Mm -hmm. um, are you still in debt or have you, you climbed out? We've climbed out, but I mean, you're in a consistent evolving right. realm of debt with inventory, overhead, right. employees, all that kind of fun stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, we're, we're in a good spot where we are. I'm mm -hmm. super happy with it. Uh, like we talked about on the last uh, last show, you know, last year was our most our highest sales year, but mm -hmm. our lower profiting year. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just because we tested a ton of stuff. I've yeah. made mistakes that, God, I wish I wouldn't have done. Bro, uh -huh. I'm right there with you. I am, like we talked yesterday, it's like, it's like you said, when you kind of hindsight being 2020 and you turn around and you look back at, oh man, I fucked that up. I fucked that up. I dropped the ball there, yada, yada, yada. And it's not something you beat yourself up for. It's like, that's just experience. Yeah. Because I thought I was going to have a good handle on this kind of stuff coming from the military background completely different. No, there's like two different aspects of it. There's like military style leadership and then business corporate leadership. And it's like, these are two different things. Right. So, and, and I think that, uh, since we're talking about the dating thing again, it's yeah. like that correlates with it too. Cause like once you get done with the relationship, like it's almost instant. It's like that post nut clarity. Like you're just you like, lying. Whoa, like why did I not see this red flag mm -hmm. the first 12 times that it fucking happened? I let it go on for this long. <laughs> like I, I, I don't get that. Like, yeah. uh, it just doesn't work. But no, it's been good. Um, but, you know, just chilling. 
Um, not trying to push anything or shit so, like yeah, that. The, the girl you're currently with, you met in the gym. Yep. She's CrossFit like you, and you said it was just chill. Like, how did you two meet? Tell that story. Well, again. so um, I mean, we pretty much walked into the gym real quick. The website for Jason is GrillYourAssOff.com. GrillYourAssOff.com. People in the chat are asking these. Like, I'm not. I don't mean to sidetrack here. His spices are legit. The spices are legit. Like, I swear by these things. I'm telling you, they are. My favorite is the charcoal because the, the charcoal. Yeah, the gunpowder seasoning. Yeah. It's charcoal activated. I put this on my steaks, both sides. Because whenever, every time I cook, I already know. When I post a picture of the steak or whatever, the story's like, oh, what's that comments. black shit all over? It's like, yeah. that's their charcoal seasoning. And it just, it sears that motherfucker so quick. And it locks in that flavor. Um, Jason is like, think of him like a World War II German physicist of spices. He's in there going, oh, this feels good, good, very good here, yeah. That's all. We're going to put some Vito rocket sauce in this. Oh, so good, yeah. That's so good. That would be a good commercial. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> He's also the <laughs> motherfucker that hooked me up to the tins unit, and we were doing tankards. Dude, we that's oh still one God. of our best performing YouTube videos. Jesus. Like, like I'll hop in to look at our analytics, and oh then you're God. just like, it's consistently climbing, and we get a ton of requests to do that again. I don't doubt it. It's a motherfucker. It's yeah, a motherfucker. So but that anyway. might be a series. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean. You met this girl at the gym. Yeah, no, I was just at the gym. Uh, I'd seen her come in every once in a while. Uh, just kind of like looked over. And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? Um, never said anything. Uh, mm -hmm. Shit like that. I was just kind of, hey, what's up in passing. And she actually came up to me once. Uh, she says that I wasn't working out, but I was either warming up or working it's out. It's CrossFit. Is it really work? No, I'm playing. I'm no, playing. No, it's weak as shit. No. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Even I know better. Both sides of the party don't come <laughs> after me. <laughs> like, um. But yeah, no, like whenever I'm there, like uh, it's the same thing with business. I'm there to get shit done and I'm ready to get out. So yeah. like I'm focused on what I'm what I'm about to do. Mm -hmm. um, and she came over to ask me something and I just gave her like a real short, uh, snarky comment back. So she never talked to me again after that because she was like, this guy's a fucking douchebag. That she was right. I mean, yeah. you are a douchebag. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, at least at least her like. Her her first impression was pretty accurate and spot on. Right. And yep. then, um, okay. you know, fast forward a little bit later, uh, I had kind of like thrown some hints over her way and she just gave me the fucking asshole vibes back. So I'm like, OK. And she was working on doing ring muscle ups mm -hmm. um, and she couldn't get it, couldn't get it. And I told her, I was like, hey, you like you need false grip, which I don't know if you know anything Absolutely about that. Absolutely not. But um, basically like you have to over grip like okay. this and it's uncomfortable shit. It fucking hurts, but mm -hmm. that's the easiest way to get a good ring muscle up, uh, whenever you're still learning and stuff like that. And I told her that she was like, I have a false grip. I said, no, you start with a false grip, but you lose your false grip inside your kip swing. Mm -hmm. I was like, if you maintain a false grip, you'll pop right that right back up. So she was like, CrossFit like, people are creaming themselves right now. Listening oh, to you say all so this hard. people like me are just kind of like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah, no, it's basically like <laughs> you, you, have to, the, yeah. you have to over grip and it allows you to get your shoulders right. and elbows through the rings and up over it quick and easy versus having your hand out like this right here and then having you turn all the way over versus like already having it halfway. Gotcha. So, um, and basically like as she would start the swing, she would go from here and then have hand straight up. So it, it makes the, the transition a lot are going to love this. They have no idea what you're doing right now. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> um, he's jerking off now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the false grip. That's yeah. the false grip we're going false for. <laughs> People in the chat are like, you mean a tuggy? Yeah. A tuggy. <laughs> it, and whenever you do a proper false grip, it feels like someone like it's not your own hand. Oh my God. That's called the stranger. <laughs> yes. There we go. Uh, you don't even have to sit on your hand anymore. Nope. Um, no, but, um, I told her to do that and she kind of looked back at me and like, you know, fuck you asshole. Like, I'm not going to listen to you. So then she missed it again. And I just kind of like rolled my eyes at her and I was like, yeah, maybe you should have a false grip and you get it. So she jumped back up there, maintained her false grip, got them, uh, 
a proper good muscle up. And then she just like looked at me and was just like, Touché. yeah, I was like, hey, yeah, I do You're it. Impressed I can. now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So and then, uh, yeah, after that, I slid into her DMs and um, I ended up giving her my phone number. And then she uh, actually um, uh, the first text she ever sent was she was trying to spam me about my used car sales. Huh? Like as a joke. Oh. Because I just sent her my phone number. Okay. And then, like, the first message I got, I was actually doing the, a stunt scene with Jack Mandeville on the dirt bikes for a music video that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm, like, in between the scenes, and I, like, get this message, and it's like, hey, I'm trying to reach you about your car's extended, extended warranty. warranty. Yeah, okay. And I was just like, you really want to go down that route? Like, challenge Oh, but accepted. you knew it was her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like, that she did, that she didn't know like that. She so. didn't know that. And then you're just like, block. Yeah, no. And then it ends. Yeah, I, I had a feeling it was her because I don't ever give out my phone number. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I saw that, I was like, challenge accepted. And then I fucking went hard back in the response. And she was like, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> she couldn't carry it past like two or three messages. And then, yeah, no, been hanging out and everything's good. When you said just it flows, it's smooth, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been awesome so far. So no complaints here. That's awesome. What do you think's making it work so far? Just communication. Really? Yeah. Communication. Uh, everything's just like a, you know, healthy balance. Um, no headaches. Do you ever find that sometimes it's like we all feel like, or maybe this is just me, but sometimes we hold back from showing who we really are and being vulnerable and communicating those deeper, darker things because we need to get to know that person. But it's just like. Yes. But with that being said, though, I see women do the same and I'm not judging it. I understand it completely. But it's also like, how do you actually get to know them then? Like, you, you should feel like, for me, it's like personality driven. If they have an amazing personality, then I'm, I'm locked in. Mm-hmm. But sometimes to discover that personality, it takes time. And for me, it's kind of like, if we go on one or two dates and I'm not feeling it, then I'm out. Yeah. So it's kind of like, like, do you stick around longer and hope it's going to eventually emerge? Or is it one of those things like you kind of have to put it on display when you first meet? I think it, it, it'll it vary because, you know, uh, not everyone is just direct and upfront. A lot of people, um, they've gone through shit and they're damaged. Um, yeah, as are we. Yeah, we all are. Yeah. So, you know, and, and a lot of it, I know for me, like I, I would get out of a relationship that, um, you know, it was kind of a, a shit show or something. And mm-hmm. directly after that, I'd be 100 percent turned off to the next person that I talked to because I didn't want to fucking deal with that. Yeah. And then that next person that I talked to after the previous relationship, they just get the asshole version of me that doesn't <laughs> open up. And then, you know, obviously that those relationships work out fucking amazing. So <laughs> sex based relationships. Yeah, pretty much. And then, you, you know, 23 percent. Yeah, 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had the most dragged out argument yesterday at the restaurant to where Jason's buddy who works with him was talking about sex comprises 23% of a relationship, but he was talking about the physical act. I was like, right. no, it's 50%. And I was talking about the importance of, so where do you stand on that? As far as like sex and connection in a, in a relationship percentage wise, not physical, but in levels of importance. Um, I mean, I'm not going to put it in like a pie graph, but like <laughs> it's, it's up there. Um, what is? Just uh, the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Sex. Yeah. Okay. I mean, cause like, you're not there just to hang out with the person. Yeah. And so, um, and like, I have to be like physically attracted to you, obviously. Right. And be a sexual it, attraction. Right. Mm-hmm. And if it just like, if it's no good in the bedroom, then <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's cool. Like whenever your dick doesn't work anymore. <laughs> but, well, that was the other thing that led to, it's kind of like, I feel like in our, in our age, at our age, it's kind of like sex. I don't know. Like my sex drive is higher than it's ever been my entire life. But the, the other part, it's kind of like, there has to be that intellectual connection 
to where once the sex is over, there's so, there's still something there. Like you genuinely like that person. They're a very they're like that's like your best friend you get to have sex with. Right, and you know, like uh, we're in a different situation to where it's a hundred percent go 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 go, mm-hmm. and um, that's one thing that's been hard with me is like, yeah, boom, sex is great, and then. I don't have someone there that's supportive for me for how my work ethic is, mm-hmm. uh, how the business comes first, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then I start getting hated on because I'm focused and driven on certain right. things. And then they're just left at the house. That's that's actually a very interesting point that you make there, because women always talk about and I'm not t- I'm not trying to generalize all women, but I've seen women on these dating apps and such. It's like I want an amb- ambitious, driven man. And I feel until like until they have one, until they have one, and I don't think they understand the level that comes with that, the level of responsibility and dedication that comes to that type of lifestyle. To where it's like, yeah, I'm always on my phone, I'm always on my computer. I mean, hell, you were on your computer before you started the podcast. You've got a lot of irons and a lot of different fires, and it's not like you're trying to neglect somebody, but it's like this is what's putting food on the table. Mm-hmm. I'm going to scale this to eventually where I can hire a GM and handle it for me, or I sell this motherfucker, right? Whichever comes first, but it's like you got to put in the work now, so. Like you, you found you feel like you found someone that's kind of understanding of that lifestyle. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it, it's still an adjusting balance. Like to give you an idea. Um, yeah, this past weekend, um, we really didn't have. Um, she came back in town from Georgia. She went on a trip with her mom um, and came back in town. I think like uh, Sunday, like midday. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked Saturday all day. Saturday, I worked. Well, pretty much all day Sunday. Um, and then I had my guys have take Monday off um, because we have all these wholesale markets going on right now. So, you know, like, <coughs> hey, rest recover. So I went back into the warehouse on Monday and I like, you know, we we had talked to said, hey, like, I'm going to work until noon. I'm going to take off. Uh, we'll go grocery shopping. We'll go take the boat out, hang out before I leave out of town. Mm-hmm. Um triple a cooper had fucked us on thursday and friday and then i ended up staying at the warehouse until about three o'clock mm-hmm. to receive one pallet of product mm-hmm. because I, someone had to be there yeah so it's, it's it's things like that like um you know in the position that we are it's not hey nine to five and then five o'clock comes and you, you turn off like mm-hmm. i will literally be sitting there and i'm greatly appreciative of her for allowing me to do this kind of stuff. And it is still a learning phase, but like she's been a hundred percent supportive of it, uh, which has been amazing. But like, it'll be 10 o'clock at night. We'll be watching a movie on Netflix or something like that. And then like something pops off of my head and like, Oh my God, the sales funnel or like email flow or whatever would be amazing. And I'm just like, Hey, hit pause. And I go grab my fucking laptop and then I'm in the office until one o'clock in the morning. And it's like, what the fuck? I feel like that's something that's actually very constructive to an entrepreneur because you know, (sighs) The one thing I've learned throughout time is that I followed various different entrepreneurs and there are entrepreneurs out there. It's like work till you die. And it's just like, no, there has to be a healthy balance. There's mm-hmm. gotta be a balance in your lifestyle because it's like, okay, what if you died tomorrow? All this work you just put in was for what exactly? So it's kind of like, you have to pepper in some enjoyment here and there and allow yourself to kind of reap what you've worked hard to sow. But at the other token, I see some people that are just kind of like, uh, <clears throat> I've had small business owners like, you know, you run your business, your business doesn't run you. It's like, mm, I don't know if I agree with that all the time. Because sometimes, like you said, that moment of inspiration hits whenever. Like we have we have brainstorming meetings sometimes here. And it's just like, we might have some great ideas, some shit ideas. But then there might there might be an idea that pops into my head when I'm high as fuck on Delta 8, shellshockcbd.com. And, and like, I shit you not. Like, it's like, oh no, like this is actually a really good idea. Let me write this down. Or let me text Josh. Like, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And we'll kick something around. So it does happen at all hours of the day. And it's not one of those things that you just sit on because you will forget. 
And I think like with the comment that you made is uh, there can be like two different uh, caveats to that. Um, someone who like may be in a different position of business as us mm -hmm. that is more of like, you know, say they own a storage unit, right? Mm -hmm. There's not going to be a whole lot of like aha ideas that come with that. Right. So yeah. uh, it's more of a chill kind mm -hmm. of environment or someone who is complacent in their small business. And that's why they're still a small business and they won't ever sell that small business because mm -hmm. they're so complacent and they haven't removed themselves out of that business. Mm -hmm. They're so not scaling. Yeah, that yeah. would be my, that. That'd be my opinion of the everything. And the other thing is that. like product. Is it a digital product? Is it a physical product? Everything comes into play on this. So when people like come to me, it's like I need business advice. Like, I don't know your business. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know anything about it. I mean, I can give you generalities that can apply to anything, but it's just kind of like what you need are more specific people or more specific ideas that are tailored to your individual business. And I don't think people really understand that right off the get go. They just buy into these generic bullshit feel good programs of like just unactionable information. It's like, you know what? For $5,000 attend this conference, I'm going to tell you to be motivated in your business. Like, well, no fucking shit, Sherlock. Like, yeah. I didn't need to spend five grand for that. Yeah, and that's, uh, <clears throat> I mean, that's why the MLM programs work so well. Yeah. Which, like, still blows my mind that that's even a thing and people do it, but it's the convenience and the speed that the customers go for, and that's why they, they want that, is they're like, okay, cool, I can pay this guy five grand, <clears throat> and he, he's apparently going to teach me how to 10x my money, no offense, Grant Cardone. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, it's things like that, and then so people are like, okay, yeah, fucking cool, quick, easy, boom, let me get this shit, and then they don't do anything with it afterwards because mm -hmm. they, they wrote down their goal on a dry erase board mm -hmm. or on their, you know, wall inside their room, put it on their poster board, they're like, Everyone's told me on Instagram that if I post my goals up there, I'm going to achieve my goals, but they don't look at the actual path of the people who have achieved that goal of what yeah. they want to do and what they did on a day to day to day to day basis. Mm -hmm. And so many people don't realize that like to be successful and to like scale and like grow these businesses, it's doing the basics mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again and not doing like fancy shit. Mm -hmm. You can sprinkle some fancy glitter on top of right. all the basic shit, but it's just like, Simple scales, fancy fails. Well, one thing I've seen about you is that you are very experimental. You try out various different apps to various different programs. Every time I talk to you, it's like, oh, fuck, what are you going to pitch at me now? It's like, hey, have you heard about this one? It's like, no, I don't even know what that is. It's like, well, you should check that out. I was like, God damn it, dude. It's like, I'm still getting used to Clavio, stuff yeah. like that. But it's interesting that you said that because I want to ask you one of the biggest challenges that you face in business. Um, and I, I was watching a TikTok video yesterday, and it was of this guy who was doing some kind of TED Talk. And he leads it out. He's like, I always like talking to CEOs because like, what's your biggest, what's your most important thing in your business? And he said, most of the time they'll put their hands on their hips and say the customers. And he's like, well, I want to tell you the story. And he goes into the story about, <clears throat> he was staying at like a, uh, I forget which kind of hotel. It was a nicer upscale hotel. And he goes to this barista and his name was Noah. And he, uh, he goes to Noah and he said, Noah seemed the type of person that wanted to be there, that actually enjoyed their job, that would talk to you, greet you with a smile. Um, and he was like, Noah, I was like, why do you like working here? He's like, um, every time a manager comes by, they ask me what I need to be better at my job. And they just kind of let me do my thing. Um, and he said, and I also have another job at Caesar's palace and I feel like I have to walk with my head down. So I'm not on anybody's radar. Cause they're always looking for me to mess up so they can like pin me to the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this guy is kind of like, what kind of environment are you setting in your workplace? And I'm listening to this and I think in the initial reaction, most people would hear is like, Oh yeah, that's true. And I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. 
that's fucking bullshit. I was like, because here's the deal. How do you know no? How are you going to get how do you get a no? You can set the environment. Because what I've seen in our own experiences is that when you create that environment for people to kind of do their own thing as long as the job's getting done, they get lazy. Mm-hmm. They get fucking lazy. And I hate saying that, but it's true. It's one of those things that you have to stay on top of them. You got to be asking for feedback. You got to be saying what's going on. You got to be checking in. And it's just kind of like, I feel like all this information is going out there. It's like, has this guy actually operated a small business or a business in general? Yeah. It's like, you find me like two Noahs that can operate on their own and be successful and not get their head up their own ass or get lazy or get, uh, you know, feel like they are entitled to shit. It's like, that is rare to find because I feel like we've, we've hit this point in our society to where when someone hires on with a company, they feel entitled and it's like you're being paid for labor provided. And we do want to create a great atmosphere, a great environment. But it's like that's also dependent upon you. Right. The, the employee. Like, how are you going to act? So what are, what are some of the experiences that you have in business, like your biggest hardships that you've had to deal with? Um, you know, it's really um, the biggest hardship I've had is, uh, I mean, building out like the corporate structure side of things and everything like that. Mm-hmm. That um, You know, the the literature, all of that kind of stuff, which, uh, you know, we brought Olivia on board about a month ago. She's currently in Spain right now, fucking off. (laughs) Um, but just kind of helping out with that kind of stuff. And then like actually keeping me on track, like my, the way that my brain works, like I have kajillions of different ideas. I don't ever like write anything down. And then it comes to backfire on me to where I just like, it it just goes down the shithole. So it's like really just like structuring myself better. Mm -hmm. Um, to have a, a bigger team, which is like where we're growing and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, that's been my biggest downfall is like, and you know, yes, I do try and do a ton of stuff. I try and know enough of everyone's position. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, sometimes I'll catch myself sometimes all the time, like going down different rabbit holes of apps and different, like, you know, yeah. things that we can do with the business to better ourselves versus what I actually need to be doing at that point right there mm-hmm. in a CEO's position. That's another point where it's kind of like, the CEO is kind of like, oh, that's the hardest thing I've seen is towards like, just the one thing I have, I have transferred from the military. And I think we talked about this before is you home grow your team leaders. Mm-hmm. You got to home grow your leadership because it cannot be you there every single time. And you've got to put faith in that leadership that you create, you create. And that's hard to find. No, a hundred. Like, that's it, very it, hard to find. It's hard to step away from too. That's true. Like that, that's one of the hardest things right there is like, because especially like in a small business, you like a lot of times it's you, you were the one who saw a problem and you thought that you could create a solution. Yeah. And what a lot of people don't realize is whenever they're in that position right there, they're like, yeah, I'm going to go fix this. You know, I, um, you know, was a bartender and, you know, I saw this and that this could be good. And they realize like, fuck, I was really good at being a bartender, <laughs> not running marketing, being yeah. an accountant, being a bookkeeper, running an e-commerce website and like, yeah all these things start to stack up and mm-hmm. then it's like, Oh fuck. So then you start learning all these things and then yeah. you start hiring on people. And then it's like, well, how much do I like pull off? Mm-hmm. How much do I stay engaged? And like, so like building out that structure and your team and everything like that, it's very hard to let go of those options. But as a CEO, like as your team builds, you have to realize like for one to do everything, one must do nothing. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to be able to have that let right. go to fu- step away from the firing line and overlook the whole entire scenario, what's going down and then implement, prioritize, execute. Yeah. That's the other thing that I've seen is um, <clears throat> like you just talked about as far as knowing when to step away. The one issue that I've seen us consistently run into is that sometimes duties and responsibilities are scattered. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, oh, by the way, I need you to take this. And he's just so 
That's why it takes a certain kind of employee to step into a startup company. Oh, yeah. Because it's not one of those like, hey, this is your left and right limit. That's all you're going to be doing. It's like, no, I'm going to throw a lot of shit at you. Mm-hmm. And then once this business scales to the point where we're hitting that mainstream kind of we're sailing, all the cogs are flowing, then we can finalize duties and responsibilities. Because I've had employees that came in here, just like, we're just, we're all over the place. It's like, yes, it's chaos. We yeah. have chaos. That's what's going to happen because we're exploring new frontiers. It's like, you know, you go to a different kind of terrain, if you will, military style. It's like, well, what kind of weapons do you bring? Like, I don't fucking know. We're going to figure out when we get there. Right. So you hit these new frontiers. It's just like, hey, okay, well, uh, this should fall under customer support. This should fall under uh, procurement. This should fall under this. And it's like, okay, this is yours now. Mm-hmm. And people are just kind of like, well, I don't like that. And it's like, well, maybe you should find a different place to work. Yeah, no, and that's like something people who do work at small businesses or like <clears throat> startups, all that kind of stuff, like you, you have to be clear and upfront with the employee, like, hey, yeah. your job role is going to be adjusting basically every day. Which is fun if you think about it, because it's like, hey, you're not going to be doing the same shit every day. Yeah, no, it, like in it, we just recently opened up our new warehouse mm-hmm. and we have all that stuff's going on. So everyone's role has changed. But like mm-hmm. before the warehouse, everyone's role had changed so much that now like everyone knows how to cover down on everything, at least That's to good. an extent, which is amazing because like right now I have two guys in the Dallas marketplace selling wholesale stuff. I got guys in freaking Salado, Texas. I got, you know, they're spread all over. And everyone can help cover down. So, you know, you can shoot, move, and communicate. Mm-hmm. That's interesting how you have that. Like, and you, you, you're you five and a half years old. How many employees do you have? Uh, five. You full-time. Got five, full-time. But you were in over, like, 200 different locations wholesaled? Uh, no, we're coming up to 1,000. 1,000. Jesus. That's yeah. a lot of work. That's a lot of work. But then you're also e-commerce-based. You're wholesale. You've got, that's incredible. But do you have an actual grill-your-ass-off brick-and-mortar? Uh, not open to the public yet, but that's the, that's incredible how you have that though. You don't even have a brick and mortar and you're crushing it. Yeah. That's what, like through e-commerce it, and like, you just did this yourself. You have yeah. a warehouse that you ship from. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's a whole entire new time. Like <clears throat> to be an entrepreneur, like none of this stuff was available. Yeah. 20 years ago. No. Like the internet wasn't even a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's what like. A lot of the younger, especially like veterans and stuff like that, getting out of the military and like they're like, I don't know what I want to do and all this and that kind of stuff. Like you, you have Google and YouTube. Like mm-hmm. um, we were talking, I don't remember who I was talking to this about, but like we were joking around like uh, you remember playing the Oregon Trail. Yeah. Well, like, right. You, you know, a few decades ago, that people figuring out like the business stuff were on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> um. And it's like we, we didn't even have like internet. Like there I was kept no dying from dysentery, so it's whatever. Yeah, there was no area codes like whenever we were freaking growing up. Like the shit, like the, the technology that is advanced, like from mm. then is absolutely amazing to where like you can start an Etsy and what you, you brought that up figures. to me today. Yeah. That's the other thing about individual business products that separates businesses because yours are spices and barbecue seasoning and you do beef jerky. For me, it's whole totally different because C B D, Delta Eight, things like that. Like we are facing, like I said last time, it's like, I always pick the hardest fucking road to go down. I can never pick something that's just straight and narrow and easy. I'm not saying that's what yours is. I'm just saying as far as like, I kind of make my shit difficult for myself to where it's like, well, I can't sell CBD on social media because they banned it there, you know, even though it's federally legalized. But you do that because it's a challenge. No, no, I do that because I'm stupid. That's, <laughs> let's not even try and conflate the two. It's because well, I'm right, fucking right, right. stupid. Well, that is, <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you that because like with grill your ass off, we have the word ass in the product. Yeah. And you made it, you made it harder on yourself to like, do that. Fuck my life. The well, amount of product I could sell if it did not have the word ass on it. Mm-hmm. It's fucking mind blowing. Cause if you well, literally anyone watching right now, if you go to Google and type in grill your, and then as soon as you type in ass, everything disappears. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. 
Yeah, and like the little pre-filled like search thing, it's like bullshit. I mean, that's why like Facebook, we have a dash in the word ass, and mm-hmm. like, it, like I mean, the, Facebook alone was like a two-year fucking finagle, and now mm-hmm. we're dealing with like TikTok. TikTok will approve our ads and then take it down like within thirty minutes. I'm so over this shit, man. Because right now, the way that social media is, like Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, uh, we we are launching the the health and wellness aspect of the website today for subscribers. The apple cider vinegar gummies, the ashwanda, the elderberry gummies. Those we should be able to run paid advertisements. On. So I'm excited to see what that's going to do for shell shock at that aspect. But everything else, no, they wouldn't let us. Yeah. And the crazy thing that pisses me off about places like Instagram is that there are other bigger uh, CBD companies that are verified and they can run paid ads. Yet I try and do it. And it's just like, no, this is a product that's like selling marijuana. It's like, wait, wait, hold on. It's like you are telling me two different things here. Like I'm getting ads from these other CBD companies that are verified. And here I am. And they pulled Shellshock down before. They pulled the Shellshock CBD Instagram page down. Now we have to do Shellshock Wellness. Mm-hmm. Rebuild that. And it's like, I am so fucking sick and tired of these big tech companies destroying these small businesses. Like, you want us to come over there. You want us to put money into your platforms. But then you turn around, you pull shit like what they're doing with you as well. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Yeah, it's um, it sucks. Um, but, like, unfortunately, like, that's a game that you have to play with it. Yeah. Like, that's just a part of business. And, like, that's... On that shit right there, like now that's making me thinking you need to have like an OTO funnel built out after for the <coughs> health and wellness. And then whenever they buy that, you can sell them the CBD on the back end and mm-hmm. then Facebook will never know any of that. That's the thing we were thinking about doing was posting or pushing a landing page that was not CBD affiliated mm-hmm. and then run ads through that to where they got to that page and it would automatically forward them to Shellshock. We haven't tested it just yet. Um, we're just going to try and do it the right way with the um, the gummies first here coming up today and tomorrow. And we'll just see how that goes. But it's just, yeah, it's a lot of playing around because we have a lot of ad money. Like we have a savings account right now for the business. And we put every 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 paycheck, we're putting about 10 to 15 grand to this thing. Just to just a savings account to where if sales dip, we can cover overhead for at least three to six months. But at the same token from that, we want to pull ad revenue mm-hmm. or ad spend. Because right now we can't invest in anything else. The, the uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I would not start up a business right now with the economy going the way it is. I would not invest in the real estate right now. So our options are very limited because that money sitting in that savings account, we're losing money because of inflation. Now, eventually it will come back down, but it's like, so what can we use that money to help us make more money and not lose? It's like, well, ad spend because the more product we sell, the better off we are. It's like, but where are we going to spend? Yeah. Nobody wants to take our money. Like I said before, we were talking to an investor and he was like, yeah, our bank doesn't handle CBD money. He's like, what are you fucking kidding me? It's legal. It's like, yeah, it's just a high risk product. It's like, dude, it's like, we have a lot of money to invest and you don't want it. Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard. No, it, we're dealing it. Um, I can't go into full details, but with another company that has to deal with the <coughs> FDA right now. And it's like, I have to deal with their legal team and the mm-hmm. shit that the lawyer says. I'm just like, excuse my French, but are you fucking retarded? Yeah. Like, like yeah. It's if just, the FDA is like, I hate the FDA. I fucking hate my the mind. FDA. Um. Yeah, no. Speaking of that, speaking of the FDA and the FCC and the CDC and all these people, mainly the FDA, I just watched, I've just seen Fox News and Breitbart. In the last 24 hours, I've seen four, four professional athletes, young, healthy, drop dead. From what? What do you think? I'm not going to say it. Nobody's going to say it. Like, everybody's <laughs> thinking it, and it's like social media is trying to cover this shit up. But again, this goes back to the point of why do we have the FDA? Like, I get the premise behind it, but this is just another program. This is another government organization that if you're not in there, like, with money ready to go, they're going to fucking crush you. Yeah, someone somewhere was that guy and Mm -hmm. fucked it up for all of us. So thank you, whoever that was. I I hate the FDA. But, like, like what you were saying, like, right now is not a good time to start a business, like... um, I'll disagree with you on that because I think it's a great time to start a business because really? like we're we're 
I think, and I, I'm just a fucking 31 year old fucking grunt. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, available at Grill Your Ass. I was about to say Grill Your Ass, a whiskey <laughs> salt. Yeah, I get some smoked salt. Um, which, uh, if you come with me afterwards, we have margaritas with that at our deal at the showroom. So absolutely. Um, but like, so we went through this pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all the businesses shut down. Mm-hmm. Everybody got stuck at home. Uh, everything happened to the economy, all that kind of fun stuff. Then it all opened back up. Mm-hmm. And then on the retail side of things, you saw uh, during the pandemic, you saw the highest, you know, e-commerce sales ever, right? It's true. Yeah. In, in, insane numbers. And if you weren't in e-commerce <coughs> during the pandemic, like I'll be on it, like we had like triple sales. Like, yeah, because people were at home wanting to like, spend money. It's insane. Then everything opens back up. They all go back to the brick and mortar stores. Brick and mortar stores invest into all this products. Our like our B two B like went through the roof, but we're starting to see the transition of the economy collapse. Gas prices go up, so now people are gonna basically put themselves in their own pandemic and start staying at home, and then turning around and stop buying at brick and mortar stores so much because it's so expensive mm. to get there, and then turn back to this e commerce side of things. And I think we're gonna have a surge of that coming into Q four. You've already seen Target's already pulling shit. Yeah, wait. Target is as far as what uh, having as much product on on no, shelves. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They started uh, limiting quantities of things that they have on shelves, and they're preparing for the worst Q four of the uh, in history. We're already seeing it in our sales. Right, like we're getting canceled subscription after canceled subscription because like, I can't afford it right now. So what we're thinking about doing, like I told you yesterday, is like maybe creating a product that is like the say for example the fifteen hundred milligram shell shock CBD bomb drops. Instead of 1500 let's drop it down to like maybe 700 and then cut that price in half so they can have something that's affordable, mm-hmm. more reasonable in their price point, and then push that out there. Same quality CBD, but it's like, okay, maybe we should, we should drop some prices here right. or make some some options available. Because the more I think about this, it's like I, I keep seeing it. It's like people are just canceling their subs because if you think about it, like gas, I can't even imagine, like that beautiful truck you've got. I don't even want to know how, how much does it cost you to fill up your tank right now? Um, so I found, so no, Sean, no, just give me a basic answer. No, 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 give me a basic answer. No, I'll give you a basic answer, but this is fun. So Sean Matson, who has Cardomax, cardomax.com. It's absolutely amazing. Um, me and him are like, uh, we keep on tagging each other on Instagram to try and find pumps that go over a hundred dollars. Cause he's got an F one fifty and all, oh like it, it, so the other day I w- I had like 23 miles of range left, which I normally never drive that low. I mm-hmm. found one pump that would go over a hundred dollars, uh, and it was a hundred and thirty six dollars and I think forty eight cents. Yeah, that's nuts. And, that and how my, often do you fill up? Um, it's like once every ten days. Wow, because I, I do drive quite a bit. Um, you know, thankfully our new warehouse is three quarters of a mile from my house. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I ride my dirt bike there a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's been helping quite a I bit. I love that. If I didn't have Athena, I'd be taking the bike to work all the time, but I always bring her to work because she loves it here and stuff like that. But I can't let the dogs in the warehouse because yeah. of the food and all that kind yeah, of I get stuff. That. So yeah. It sucks, but I mean, like... It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It's close enough. It's nice. And like, I have well, a street legal bike, so... What I wanted to go back to, though, was kind of like, if we look at like $130-something dollars to fill up your tank, most people are filling up like at least once a week. We'll say average is $100 fill up. That's $400. Mm-hmm. That's that's a fucking note. That's a car note in and of itself. Yeah. That's less money they have to spend on um, things that they don't really have to have. 
You know, people love Delta 8, but they don't have to have it. They need fuel. They need food. And I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. So I can't even fault them for that. It's the fucking economy. And now, you know, the economists are saying, we're about to hit a recession. It's like, we're already in the recession. Yeah. Like, it's already here. Yeah, it's already started. People are having to lay employees off because they're not making sales. It's like, I get it. So it's kind of like, that's why I'm kind of feeling like right now is not the best time to start a business. Because I don't feel like, even though they're staying home, I don't think they just have that money to spend. I could be wrong on that. I mean, I see what you're saying. No, I mean, you have to get creative. And that's mm-hmm. where it comes down to knowing your customer, knowing your product and, you know, uh, launching it correctly, because mm-hmm. you can have an amazing product, launch it to the wrong customer <coughs> group and it's going to fail. But you yeah. launch it to the right customer group who could be staying at home, who could be struggling with fuel costs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you could launch them, a you know, an amazing product that hits that niche right there. Mm-hmm. And if you launch it correctly, it, it would do amazing. But like yeah. this is also like a prime time to where like, um, you know, we're going to start seeing, especially through the recession is like smart businesses and like seeing who actually makes it through here. Yeah. Which I mean, it sucks because like, uh, I wish everyone the best in business yeah. unless if you're, you know, in my realm, then be prepared. Um, but like, I want to see people do good, but at the same time, like you start to see like this strategic thinking that gets mm-hmm. them through. And then like, that is the innovative stuff that like yeah. elevates our business game. Yeah. Like what you saw during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the more I think about it, it's like the more that I do want to go ahead and start offering cheaper products. Still great quality, but it's kind of like if people are hitting, if they can't afford a $50 product, let's offer a $25 product that they can mm-hmm. afford with the same kind of great quality stuff. It's just like, it fucking sucks. That's the fucking economy. Thanks, Joe Biden. Right, but I mean like, um, on like, can I talk about it like business aspects? Yeah, side? Go for, absolutely. For that? Yeah, absolutely. so like, um, one, the customer is getting a great quality product because I'll vouch for Shell Shock. It's absolutely amazing. I have some in my backpack that <laughs> I brought with me in town. Um, well, yeah, your boy's going to try some dark matter. He said he wants to try it. And it's like, all right, bro. All right. We need to remind him it's not 23%. It's, <laughs> it's 100%. It's 100%. I am scared of that shit and I will not touch it. Nope. Bro, that stuff's, it's, I, I yeah, I was, uh, the one time I, I, I'd taken it on Twitch. I was streaming on Twitch one night. And I was talking about, like, we, we had just launched. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll show you guys. They're like, hey, why don't you do a dropper? And they were pressuring me. And I was like, all right, I'll bend up here, pressure, whatever. Well, the tincture that I had at home, I thought was a demo tincture. I thought it was just for advertisement purposes. And it was just filled with water so we could use it for photo shoots. And I was like, yeah, okay, guys, I'll take a dropper full. I'm going to totally pull one over on them. So I do the tincture. I was like, oh, that tasted kind of real. But, yeah, it's probably not the same shit. 100, 100 milligrams Delta 8. And then I went into the, the kitchen and I popped a gummy just so I could at least spear in something so they would think I wasn't faking. No, it was real. So I did 125 milligrams of Delta 8 and I just, dude, it was one of those things I, I was like, I got to go lay down. Like yeah. I am fucking blitzed, just baked, baked out of my brain to the point where it's like, the room is kind of spinning. I'm feeling high as fuck. It feels good, but it's just like, bro, this is too much. Yeah, like, no. way too much. But we offered that product because we had so many stoners like, oh, bro, this is it for me. It's like, all right, yeah. well, we got something for you. And then they try. It's like, bro, it's like the shit is no joke. Well, that's what uh, our next product, what we were talking about, you know, um, people want something hot. Like, yeah, we're about to do it. And uh, all the people who are begging for hot shit, they're going to fucking regret it. That's that's almost I love that, though, because like you say you want this. Oh, yeah. I'll give it to you. It's the same thing with the beef jerky. Everyone mm-hmm. was like, make a hot beef jerky, make a hot one. And so we came out with mango habanera. Yes. And then all those people demanding it, they're like, hey, this is really hot. It's no, like, yeah. no shit, Captain Obvious. You fucking <laughs> asked for it. 
But I do love that about the customer base that we have. It's like they will sit there and have input because we have a Facebook group of like 16.5 thousand and we tell them we get feedback from them. It's like, hey, what do y'all want to see? Oh, yeah. And so if we have enough people saying they want a certain specific thing, we'll do it. Like they've been asking for a new flavor of Delta 8. So we're going to pull them and say we have some five new flavors. We'll do a one off. But I love that you can give them instantaneous feedback saying, okay, this is what you want. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. If, if this is what you truly want, it's like we'll start small. And if you like it and it goes mainstream, we'll make this a flagship product and there you go. Right. So it's like consumers have some pull on this. And how, I like that. How cool is that? That the fucking consumer who buys your product, who loves your product, has a say in where the company yeah, goes. Exactly. You can't do that at Amazon. No. Mm-mm. But like uh, back to like adjusting your product size, that's great for not only the consumer, but you as well. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you're lowering, obviously, like you're so if people We're don't pulling know, back sales. We would initially be missing out on not as much, but still having something come in. Well, yeah. So like looking at it full circle, uh, people who aren't in like the manufacturing side of things, whenever, you know, we take the, whatever this is right here. Cigar. So this cigar, say if we made it half the size, we're not reducing half of our product cost. Right. It doesn't normally work like that. Um, so you might be doing it in half the size. So the retail value halfway goes down, but your cost isn't halfway going down. So you're not like saving a shit ton of money at that point right there. Right. Cause it really doesn't cost that much to double the size of something, yeah. but your consumer is getting an amazing value mm-hmm. for that. <clears throat> so they're more comfortable and engaged to buy it. Yeah. Then as well, your cost goes down in shipping. Mm-hmm. Their cost goes down in shipping. If you choose to reflect that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then again, they're getting another amazing value. Now, your average order value just went down because you yeah. cut the cost in half. But volume probably is going to go up. Your reorder frequency is going to go up. But yeah. where I see a lot of businesses make a mistake is they make a move like that. And yeah, your subscription went back up and everything like that. You just took half the order value out. Now your customer feels like if you put something in front of them, they can spend more. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you create your numbers and your products and you make them feel like they're getting such great value that that person who is spending say 50 bucks a month on a subscription they might change it to 25 dollars a month but you can still get a 50 dollar if not more average order mm-hmm. with them by offering them other products because you just opened it right. to allow them to try new shit so true if you launch it effectively like it can do way better than you're currently doing because you're not just selling product a you're setting selling product a for half the price and then you also hooked them on b and c mm-hmm. because they're like cool it went from 50 bucks a month 25 bucks a month let me go ahead and spend another 60 bucks a month because that dark matter that you know john was just talking about and these doritos sound really fucking good which they are um but like and that's where like a lot of people just like you know adjust product a and they don't do anything with it and they forget about like oh hey average order values increasing is very important for a business so it's lifetime value yeah that's another thing that I've seen, which leads into another thing as far as lifetime value of an individual uh, individual customer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with, I've had people work for us that didn't understand that to where if somebody, like if we had an error on our part, it's like, okay, send them out another bottle. It's like, well, I'm not sure. It's like, no, no, send them out another bottle. Right. How many times have they purchased? Oh, three or four times. Yeah. Hook them up. Yeah. Take because care. They, they take care of us. It's like, I have no problem hooking them up. Spend a little money. To make them happy, to make them, but then there are people that will try and take advantage because we've seen in our software, it's like we start inputting notes. Mm-hmm. It's like every time they ask for a refund or they ask something's broken, they submit a picture. On this date, this is broken. I've had about a handful of people it's like, oh, it was broken. It's like, it was broken last time. This has been two times in a row. That's a fluke. Yeah. And, I, and we specially package these things. So it's like, okay. It's like, this is the last time. So there are people that are going to try and take advantage of you. But what I have seen, though, is if when you invest in your customers and you do try and help them out, 
Um, cause I've even had people in the Facebook group. It's like, man, I love this. I'm just, I can't afford it right now. It's like, hit me up. We'll send you a free one. It's on me. Yeah. Don't do it a lot because you know, it's a business, not a charity. Right. But there are people out there that when I see their, their order values and where I see how long they've been purchasing from us, it's like, yeah, let's hook them up a little bit. It's fine. You know? And then you have employees that kind of fight me on that and they're no longer here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not going to fight me on this. It's like, I, I understand the lifetime value of a customer. I don't want a one-time purchase. I want them coming back. Right. That's the, that was the hardest thing for tankards. That was the hardest thing for, like, if I ever open up another business, it's going to be a consumable. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a one-time sale. It will be a consumable. Consumables, it's not like, okay, I sold to you. I'm done with you. I'm never going to sell to you again, probably. Now right. it's like, no, I'm going to keep selling to you for life. And that's where, like, you know, if you have a super high uh, product price, mm-hmm. um, and you have the margin to spend, you know, a hundred, two hundred dollars to acquire the customer, and still say, you know, if it's a thousand dollars, you still make eight hundred dollars profit. Right, dude, totally no problem whatsoever. One time purchase, maybe they do word of mouth, get their friend to buy, mm-hmm. and then boom, there you go. Um, but for a consumable product, our numbers are typically so low on that for us to run proper advertising. Your right. cost for acquisition of a customer. Is you know typically like anywhere from ten to fifty dollars. So say if you get a customer to convert at a thirty dollar transaction, mm-hmm. and you're paying you know Facebook uh, or Meta, whatever you want to call it, uh, <laughs> fifty dollars to get that customer to convert, mm-hmm. you can't do that comfortably if you don't know your LTV. Mm-hmm. And until you figure out your LTV of your business, what like does LTV stand for? Customer lifetime value okay. or lifetime value. CLV or LTV. there's a lot of acronyms like even I don't know it's yeah. kind of like gotcha yeah no I mean it's just like it's one like you know you have to know your your lifetime value of your customer because again say like you know that scenario right there not including product costs you're at a negative 20 on mm-hmm. order one but if you know they're gonna come back you have an average LTV of six orders mm-hmm. boom you're good you make it up on the second third and fourth and fifth yeah 100%. right um, and you, it takes a while to build that out, but like, that's how like, you know, selling lower margin items or lower ticket items, like that's how you have to do it. That's what we do with the CBDTs. Mm-hmm. The CBDTs that we have, our margins are garbage. Right. Like we can't run sales on that. Cause if we do, we lose money. But the only reason we added that to it is number one, it's a great product. Number two, that's an upsell value. No, it's like you can throw that bad boy in there. Cause it's kind of like not every product you're going to push out there. Number one is going to be a success. Number two is going to make you a lot of money. You got to pepper in some low scale, some high scale, some mid. And we've learned that we've seen a lot of that from and then package bundle, bundle deals, stuff yep. like that. Like people really appreciate the value of that, especially for sales, which by the way, 4th of July, we're running some sales too. So if heads up on that, I think it's like a site white 30% off and then some bundle deals and stuff like that. We got that coming, but uh, same thing with really There you go. Um, but no, you're right on that one. I do like the idea of essentially offering a differential because it's kind of like, I don't want, I don't look at the customers like they've got a lot of money to spend. Number one, I know my demographic. It's primarily veterans, primarily mm-hmm. conservatives, veterans for the most part, don't like spending a lot of money online. They're just not that way unless it's something they truly want, a truly t-shirt? want. Normally t-shirt, normally coffee, normally something military related or something like that. So for me, I felt like when we initially launched, we were doing really well. I was like, but we don't have anything sample pack wise. We need samples because I saw your shit. I was like, we do need to offer samples because to me, it's kind of like I put myself in the mind of a drug dealer, mm-hmm. get a little bit in their hands, let them see that it works and they'll come back. So then when a lot of orders, we'll start throwing in free samples of something that if they order a THC based product, we're going to throw in some THC samples of another product to let them try it out and see for themselves if it works. And that way it's like, okay, now they're going to come back and say, hey, last time I bought the CBD oil, but I really like the Delta 8 gummies. I'm going to get that as well. Right. So it's like you got to spend a little money and then over time you'll see that money come back. Oh, no, 100 percent. And that's <clears> like um, the sample game has completely changed our stuff. And yeah. That's you like, do a lot of samples, though. Yeah. I just bought another fucking machine <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah, we, that's making you a lot of money. Yeah, no, it is. And what it's doing is it's allowing us to put our multiple products 
of ours in a customer's hands at a low cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that way they, the customer is rewarded with multiple products. They get to try it, figure out what they want, and then come back and buy exactly what they want. And it works just as well in a brick and mortar store. So whenever we go to sell it, you know, a business, then whenever their customers comes in and it's a wife and she's like, shit, I got to get a last minute Father's Day. I don't know what, what to yeah. buy. They buy a sample pack. They go home, give it to their husband, and then they turn that husband turns around and comes back and mm-hmm. buys what they want from that store. So men like, are finicky when it comes to spices because they're it's like with women and shoes. It's yeah. like you can't just buy them a shoe. It's like it has to be the shoe they want. Men are the same way with spices. It's just like because men in your in your expertise, it's like you're the Gordon Ramsay of grilling. You're not gonna just let any shit fly. It's like it has to be high quality. This shit's gotta be good. Yeah. Like you you pump out really good fucking products. And I'm not saying that to kiss your ass. Your shit is legit. And I appreciate that. And it, it takes a lot of work. And, it does, you know, yeah. Because um, you formulate a lot of the stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you, you work hard and with your manufacturer, absolutely. Yeah, no, and that's, I mean, that's what makes it fun for me. It's a fucking headache a lot of times, but at the end result, it's an absolute blast. And we do, um, like, uh, I don't even, I've got fucking squirrel. Um, but, I mean, like, back to, you were talking about uh, bundles before, right? Sales mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Uh we're talking about the customer lifetime value. Um, this is something I wanted to bring up. Like anyone who's ever curious in business or like wanting to start their business or scale their business is like, once you figure it out, like an item that sells, right? Uh, and then you figure out your LTV of a customer. The next step of the puzzle is increasing your AOV, which is your average order value. Mm-hmm. Cause then if you can figure out and you can do like OTO funnels, which is a one-time offer funnels typically shown either uh, pre-cart or post-purchase, uh, even thank you pages, emails, all that other yeah. kind of stuff. Like if you can continue to increase your average order value around that first and every single other purchase. Now, let's say if customer orders 10 times, every time it's $10. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> if you double that original sale to $20, you now have that across the whole entire board. If you yeah. can keep their AOV up the whole entire time. So you just doubled everything. Mm-hmm. Like the the simple way of just switching, getting them to buy one more product or a product at half price after you just sold them the product, like mm-hmm. that's how you drastically go from selling a single product to multiple products and then yeah. scaling the business. Very, especially very if you can throw in like some samples in there as well, as far as like the uh, not just throwing for free, but I'm talking about like you said, like an upsell. Mm-hmm. It's like you can offer like a, it's like, oh, here, by the way, if you just leave, you said yesterday you cover the shipping of this free sample, we'll throw that in there as well or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah. no. And that's like you, you give the customer amazing value because you know that you have the data and the ability to have that LTV for it. Just like one of the things right now, um, we're running an ad for a free brisket recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're giving customer value right off the bat. So, right. hey, here's a free recipe. All you got to do is type in your first name and your email. And then we're offering them a bundle of the same products we use to make this brisket recipe. Um, I think it's like $20 off on the bundle. Mm-hmm. Like it's m- amazing value. They buy that bundle and then we run them through OTO funnels to where they can get other bundles at discounted rates. So we can load that customer's first time yeah. with a free recipe greatly product price deals on all the products and everything like that. So we're just giving amazing value to a customer on that first order. Mm-hmm. And then that way, whenever we come around and ask for a second order, they're like, Oh fuck yeah, I'm running low on this. I want to try out this product right here. And like we, so that's, that's how you do it. And I mean, where I was telling you last night, like our average order value for a free recipe is $63 right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the customer sees you're giving them a lot. Like you're, you're giving them quality. You're giving them, you're, you're actually giving back versus like just taking. Right. And that's definitely helped you out a lot in scaling your business. Cause you've done, 
You've also done like your pit master. We talked about in the last episode, but let's transition over to what is currently you'd say, would you say your most um, cherished app that you're using for your business outside of Clavio? Cause we talked about that last time. Um, yeah, I mean, your, your big revenue drivers are going to be, uh, like Clevio. Um, and then like, uh, we use Postscript for SMS marketing. Mm-hmm. It's primarily on Shopify. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's a little bit more advanced than, uh, Clevio. Uh, they're amazing via email, but, um, that's your SMS marketing strategy. Yeah. Which you said is way, way higher conversion rate than uh, emails. Well, yeah, you have to think, you know, uh, SMS, uh, everybody says it's like 99. That's bullshit because I don't open up half mine that I get yeah. for marketing. Uh, so, I mean, you have about like a 90% open rate mm-hmm. on a message. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like 10 times the cost to send a text. Like for yeah. people watching is normally like a tenth of a penny to mm-hmm. send an email and it's a cent. When you get an SMS list of like 20, 40,000, that's, it adds up, but you're also making sales to... Right. I mean, that. Yeah. Like uh, you've seen our conversion rates mm-hmm. on SMS. Like it's absolutely insane. Yeah. But again, that's, you know, giving a good deal and providing a good market. If you want to do this live real quick, uh, I'll grab my laptop yeah. and I'll go through and I'll actually like go for it. Yeah. I know out. the audience is definitely interested in hearing that because that's another thing that I've seen in the past where it's like, um, like when I talk to smaller in businesses, like, well, what's your email list? Like, what's your SMS? Oh, I don't have one. It's like, ah, uh, you need to. It's like you're missing out on, um, you're missing out a lot of potential sales with that. And people don't know better. Right. Well, and they don't own the data. And if you don't own the data, like you're going to have to pay for the data and pay to use it. And mm-hmm. like, that's the whole entire thing is like, and knowing your actual cost, um, overall, and then like knowing your customer value is like, if you're not retaining any of the data, then you're just, I mean, you're literally screwed at that yeah. point. Um, so let's pull up right here. And that's like, uh, you know, we're, we're in a giant wholesale marketplace right now in Dallas. And that's why I talk to a lot of the other business owners and they're just like frustrated because, you know, this or that's happening and everything. It's just simple stuff. I'm like, well, what are you doing for like marketing in this right here? And they're like, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, why would you not? And they're like, well, I've never really thought about it. Yeah. And I'm just like, everyone around you here is doing it and like giving you great well, I think it's a lot of a lot of these people isolate themselves from actually talking to other business owners and saying, you know, what are you doing for this? And that's what I mean, that's where I've learned a lot from you. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing for this? And yada, yada, yada. And then we test it. And I was like, yeah, it's not going to work for us with CBD or something. It's like, yeah, that does work for us. So that's why it's good to go out there and mingle with other entrepreneurs and kind of pick their brains and stuff like that, because that's where you're going to learn a lot of this stuff from, because that's where I've learned a lot. And I think a a lot of people are afraid to do that because, uh, you know, growing up, typically you're taught like, hey, you don't talk about money or politics at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. And then so like a lot of people associate like business with money and you're not supposed to talk about it, which I, I don't know why we're not allowed to talk about any of that kind of stuff, because I think it's more important than ever to talk about money. Cause I think it was like old school etiquette. Yeah, it, it's fucking stupid, because um, like, I love being able to help people out. Like, yeah. dude, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars of failing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let me just give you some advice real quick, and yeah. if it helps, amazing. If not, cool. Yeah, and if it, it does, nice pass it on. You. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I'm always down to be able to help people out. Um, you know, obviously, time's worth value, so I, yeah. I can't milk it too long or yeah. you know if you want to pay like let's go that's true but because people don't understand that as far as like you you invested a lot into attending a lot of these seminars where you're learning a lot of the stuff you've invested your own personal time and studying youtube videos and google stuff like that and so when they come to you they come with their hands out saying hey help me out it's like okay well look i'm not trying to be a dick here but i spent my time and my money learning this you're not you're wanting it for free so I, then you charge a consulting fee and it's justified because like this is the stuff that you've spent your time because time is money and your money on learning. And people don't realize that. And they always, 
they always try and take advantage of that. And I hate mm -hmm. that. Like people are kind of, kind of like, they look at things. It's like, Hey, you know, I need some advice on this. It's like, I mean, I get it for friends, yeah. but there comes a time and a place where it's like, okay, look, if you want me to consult, you're going to have to pay me a little bit because this is, I'm taking away my time from my company and giving it to you because I've had people invite me to places to go either speak or guest appearance or whatever. And it's like, well, you got to pay me. It's like, right. oh, we're not paying. It's like, well, I'm not coming. It's like, you're taking me away from my business, doing my podcast. Because if I go a day without doing the podcast, the numbers drop. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in the podcast, I see sales consistent or increase. Oh, 100%. So it's like if I pull myself away from this and I go do whatever it is that you want me to do, you're going to make that up for me in payment. It's like that's just the way it goes. And people don't like that. Yeah. They want it for free. It's like, well, we invited you. Like, no, you can pay for my airfare. You can pay for my hotel. And you're going to pay me. Mm -hmm. So no, and, and I mean, understanding at that point, your worth. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know your worth. And then um, like for the people who kind of like scratch their head or like would question paying mm -hmm. and going somewhere. You to, already know you don't want to do business stuff. with them. Yeah. Uh, not only that, like, uh, I think a lot of people are there like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to keep on putting money in my savings account. Um, and then I'll just continue to like self-educate and all that kind of stuff. Like, cool. Whenever your savings account pays you less than a percent interest, like, would you rather do that? Or would you rather spend five grand to go to this event? And then you're going to learn so much shit that you're going to turn that five more. grand yeah. into a hundred grand over the next two years. Mm -hmm. Or that five grand would turn into what, like five thousand and two dollars mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah um put so, your money in places where it's help, gonna help educate you to help facilitate making more sales and scaling and grow yeah it makes and sense it's it's hard to understand you know especially starting out as a business owner like you're you're so limited on money of like oh, should i spend you know this amount of money going here like obviously vet it and be smart about it but like paying to you know scale your knowledge really fast versus just trying to self-teach has greatly helped me inside this endeavor yeah um, all right, let's go. Uh, I'll, I'll do, um, if you're selling on Shopify or if you're going to start a business, this list right here of apps that I would recommend for Shopify, uh, is literally what I use. Um, it's what a lot of my friends of business use. And I know some people that are getting close to the billion dollar in sales and they still use a lot of these same programs. So, uh, to hit it off, uh, Shopify store, obviously need that. Uh, as you're getting started, you can print shipping and stuff like that through Shopify. It honestly sucks. Uh, so I would go with ShipStation. Uh, it's very scalable, and I know people at way higher levels than me uh, that do that. So Shopify, ShipStation would be my first two go-tos. Outside of that, Klaviyo. It's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O. Email marketing. They also do SMS marketing. Coolest thing about Klaviyo is they understand how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. So if you're under, I think, like 2,500 emails, it's fucking free. Yeah. It's free. Shopify has a marketing system built into it now as well. It's not that great. Use Klaviyo. You'll thank me later. Um, Postscript, as you continue to grow, is way better at SMS marketing. So I would definitely do that. Uh, if you are a consumable good, you can do things like recharge for your subscriptions. Yotpo has a good one as well. Um, outside of that, so we've covered where you're going to buy cool thing with Shopify as well. They have point of sale. So if you want to go do a pop-up booth, it's already integrated in all your shit to track inventory, everything like that. Um, those are pretty much the core things, uh, outside of that. Like if you want to start doing, um, you know, apparel and you don't want to stock it in house, you can get a print on demand provider. Be very careful with those. Cause that can go downhill fast as you continue to grow gorgeous for customer service is absolutely, uh, phenomenal. Um, and then, you know, like going into like just simple wholesale stuff, like 
Wholesale Gorilla on Shopify. It's 20 bucks a month, and it turns your whole entire site into a wholesale site for mm-hmm. a customer once they log in. Mm-hmm. Like, just simple, fucking quick, and easy. But, like, and things like this, like, it's taken me five and a half years to learn all of this and find all of this. So, um, don't, don't uh, skip over it if you're in this world. Like, we use Zipify for our page builder and our OTO funnels. Uh, absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, like, the uh, amount of money that's left on the table mm-hmm. by not having an OTO funnel is just like, mind-blowing but also like invest into you know a good loyalty program and yeah. reviews because we're doing that right now sells. yeah um the we the thing we ran into for fucking reviews is that the bank that we had to change banks banks have so much pull and power over how you do business mm-hmm. because we had a merchant account and essentially the bank that we're using is like okay you can't use certain specific words when it comes to posting them on your website like pain we can't put anything about pain which is bullshit yeah like our i do i, I don't get it it makes no fucking sense these banks are insane but it's just like, yeah, you have to you have to word it differently. It's like it's that's what it's for. Like the menthol CBD, the roll on, the topical thunder, like they are for pain, pain management, muscle mm-hmm. soreness, DOMS, things such as that. Well, you can't put pain and you can't post reviews that show pain. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Dude, it's the dumbest thing because CBD is a whole different fucking market. Yeah. So we're having to figure out ways like, okay, how do we get around this and like legally get around it? So we, we deal with that, but it's just, it's such, that's like the two different markets right there. That's just one of those road bumps we run into is like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So. Yeah. How is that even a thing? It's yeah. not like we're sitting here saying this shit cures cancer. We've never said that, but yeah. that's just those, those are the uphill battle battles that we constantly fight. Mm-hmm. And that's what these companies are just, they're so close minded. And it's like, look, we're, we're sitting here. You're seeing our revenue. Like, you know what we're doing. Why are you trying to staunch this? And we're not doing anything illegal. We're not misrepresenting our product. This is exactly what it does. But they're just like, yeah, we don't feel comfortable with that. It's like, well... And you people are stupid. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're currently dealing with right now with uh, a certain project that we're working on. Uh, I filled you in on that last yeah. night. Um, but it's just like the the amount of stuff like that gets said, and I'm just like, really? Yeah. That's really where we're at right now? Like, Yeah. We're in 2022, and you're offended from the word ass? Like, really? Well, it's not even just the word ass. Like, the fact that we have cartoon characters yeah. on our labels, and you're afraid Did that's going to attract children. Literally, like, that's why we had to pull weedos into weedos. The bank said it looks like it's being marketed for kids. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's like, like get the fuck out of here. So we had to pull weedos into weedos. So it's like, we weren't selling a whole lot of them to begin with. So it's like, you know what? We'll just give them out as freebies for events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, it's like, this is the stupidest shit ever. Batteries for our vape pens. It looks, it, it looks too much like a toy. It's a fucking battery. You serious? Like, so I got to sell a cartridge without a fucking battery? You people are just dumb. Yeah. Like, it's just the dumbest people out there. And it's like, of course, they have the money, so they call the shots. It's like, that's just so stupid. That's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's dumb. That's the shit that we got to deal with. Yeah. And that, like, you know, obviously, uh, this is what I went over was just, like, random, you know, uh, stuff like programs and apps that I've used on Shopify to really help scale the e-commerce side. With that in business, find you a very good CPA and (laughs) bookkeeper. And stay ahead of that because uh, a lot of people don't realize, like, the amount of money that we mm-hmm. pay in taxes. It doesn't oh, just get yeah. pulled out, you know, from your paycheck. Um, <laughs> yeah. Josh and I bitch about that all the time. It's like, we pay so much in taxes. Where's this going? Ukraine. Fuck Ukraine. Yeah. I was like, I don't give a shit about them. It's like, where's my tax money going? Like, my roads still look like shit. It just, it's so, it pisses me off so much as much as we pay in taxes. Like, you do realize... Like I've said this repeatedly, this isn't anything new. It's like last year we paid over half a million dollars in taxes. Mm-hmm. You know what we could do with half a million dollars and reinvest into this fucking business? We could create more jobs, scale this motherfucker so fast. It's like, no, let's give it to the government because they're doing such a damn good job. Yeah, at everything. Payroll taxes, inventory taxes, just a tax for everything. You're like, where the... And then, like, you know, they start coming, like, the bigger you get, 
the more it's like, oh, well, you've hit this point now. you got to pay this tax. Like, mm-hmm. get the fuck out of here. This is just insane. They yeah. penalize you for being successful. No, 100%. And, like, and it's from everywhere. Like like you're saying, like all the different taxes, like people don't realize like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you live in this county and this state and this county is actually like kind of right next to you. So you're going to pay tax there, too. And mm-hmm. It's just like, wait, <laughs> what? What? Yeah. And then, you know, on the e-commerce side, like they're starting to come down hard to once you hit that threshold in whatever state mm-hmm. that you're not in, but you've sold over a certain dollar amount mm-hmm. or a certain amount of orders. Now you have to start paying sales tax. Mm-hmm. And then like if you're not set up for that, like they're going to start coming down real hard on that. And yep. it's gonna, not going to be fun for people. That is some serious advice I'd give to business owners out there is like, do not skimp on your taxes. Mm-hmm. Make sure you set that tax money aside because we pay monthly now. Yeah, we were paying half a year. Then it was quarterly. Now we pay monthly mm-hmm. and we pay over. Just we make sure we're like a few thousand over. So that way at the end of the year, we're getting something back. And we know for a fact we've hit our tax because it just that's the that's one of the biggest things that I've seen many businesses that I've worked alongside of or friends that had them. So they didn't pay taxes or they like push their taxes. It's like, don't do it. Yeah. Like, just pay it now. Get nope. it done. Stay ahead. Stay ahead. Stay on top of your shit. Yeah. It, 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 fuck, it is not fun. I had one dude. He was a friend of mine that he pushed his taxes back up to two years. and He owed like over a million dollars. Like, I'll recoup it later. It's like, Mm-mm, you can't guarantee that. Like, you don't know that. Yeah. It's like, I would. Nope. Because what he was doing, he was pushing his taxes back and taking that tax money and reinvest it back in the business. It's like, you're gambling. I was mm-hmm. like, you are gambling. And that's one thing, like with businesses, it's a giant gamble. It like, is. Like, nothing is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. That's one of the coolest things is like, nothing's guaranteed, but it's also one of the scariest things, too, because like, every single day could be the last day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, uh, I think I, I, I fault myself on this a ton because I didn't do it. Um, and I'm sure you're the same exact way. It's like one of the things as an owner is you just consistently reinvest, reinvest, reinvest. And like you really have to take some out for yourself yeah. because it could be over at the end of this year. Oh, bro. Like we didn't take a paycheck the first eight months that we were open and we were we were doing really good. We were just like, nope, let's because re- what we did was we expanded our product line really fast. Because mm-hmm. if I go back, Shellshock's been around for almost three years now. October will make three years. We go back at year one, 2019, right before COVID hit, we launched with one product. Oh, I remember, I remember the freaking closet y'all were doing yeah. fulfillment in. Yeah, it was, it was like, uh, it was out of my house and then we were in the studio um, and the product tastes like shit. And I was like, it was basic CBD oil. And I was like, dude, it's like, we got it in. I was like, this tastes like garbage. This is normal. It was un, un uh, flavored. And I told Josh, like, we got to offer flavors. Like we, people are, it's, I, I compare it to like doing pre-workout. Mm-hmm. I was like, you got to have a good flavor that's not too strong. That's not, they're not going to burn out on. So we took that sales money. Instead of taking a paycheck, we bought more flavors and then expanded our SKUs. And then the next thing you know, we have like five different flavors. We see which ones are working. It's like, okay, you know what? Let's look into a, a gummy, a sleepy time gummy. So we invested money into that. And so number one, formulating, it costs money. And then people don't realize like when you're going to go purchase uh, minimum order quantity or MOQ, normally depending on who your manufacturer is and stuff like that, they're talking 500 to 1,000 units. Yeah, That's a lot of money. And if you're not making those sales, you're sitting on inventory, you're losing money mm-hmm. and people don't realize that. So it's, that's one of the biggest things that I saw about shell shock was we expanded our, our uh, product line very quickly. Yeah. And, and it, it helped. It's helped a lot. It has, but you also have to be careful on how fast you do that. Cause yeah. like you, you, uh, you know, once you get in business to your customers, like, especially like with mine, cause it's food, it's like, Oh, well you don't have a seasoning for this. Could you come out with it? And mm-hmm. it's just like in due time. Yeah. You can't give them everything they want right away. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And then it's also hilarious whenever you have like huge customers demand for a certain product, then you finally come out with the product. And they don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've seen that all the time. Everybody and their mom crazy. will say, it's like, you know, we want this, we want this. Like, all right, we finally do it. I've learned that since day one in this business when I used to work for Grunt Style and shit like that. It's like everybody said, I want this kind of shirt. It's like, all right. So we pay the designer, we design the shirt. And I remember certain people would say shit. It's like, all right, we, we published this. It. Like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. Never bought. Yeah. It's like, you motherfuckers. Well, that's one of the cool things with like having Facebook groups and like Facebook. You can go back and find their comment uh-huh. and be like, hey, bro. Here it is. Like, what's up? Uh-huh. And That's do, 100% right. Do direct call out and make it real serious and personal. <laughs> <laughs> you said you wanted it. We spent the money to facilitate this happening. You're fucking buying it. Yeah, like we're not Target. Yeah. I'm coming after you. Yeah. You've seen a lot of success in your shirts. Your shirts are very unique. I love your shirts as well. We have not because yours, like, I, I love wearing your shirts. So we're, we're going to change some things for Shell Shock to where we're going to start doing funny T-shirts relating to weed and CBD and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to branding, I've noticed it's like we're not very good at our branding. We need to get better as far as having something people, it's not just the brand, but it's something funny that anybody would wear, but there's also branding on it. Right. That's one thing that we have to get better at. But like your shirts are fucking killer. Because I still to this day, I got like the beer and whiskey 2020 or whatever. And people are like, I love that shirt. So yeah, it's a great shirt. It's grow your ass off. Yeah. So no matter where I go, if someone's asking about it, it's great free advertisement. You're not making a killing on these things. You're really not. No. T-shirts, like, yeah, no, it's not. So any veteran out there, if you want to start a veteran-owned T-shirt company, don't. It's not worth it. Don't. Create an amazing product that will actually sell very, very well. That you the can margins, margins on, or, on yeah, and then just use garbage. T-shirts as marketing. But anyway. I've explained that time and time again to people. It's just kind of like... Your mar- excuse me, your margins on a t-shirt are like five bucks. Yeah. Well, if that. And people oftentimes, uh, and you know, this is a real fast way to figure out if you're a good entrepreneur or not. They want to go towards this shiny thing that's going to make them the money fastest first. And mm-hmm. they, yeah. that's what they want. They don't, you know, think about things long term or like time horizon or anything like that. And they're like, oh, well, these fucking group of veterans did this and did amazing. So I can do the same exact thing. Let mm-hmm. me fucking jump in here. Real well, quick. I mean, you talk about like people like Black Rifle. Black Rifle had a very because Evan Hafer, um, they don't understand. Like even Hafer had Black Rifle open, like I think like four or five years prior to Best getting in there. Mm-hmm. But then when Best gets in there, he's already established the social media presence. Oh, yeah. He teams up with Black Rifle and they start making really amazing, incredible content. And that's how they freaking they flourish so well. No, not so, only that, and they just have a, a an amazing group of people <clears throat> behind that company that mm-hmm. helped made them scale to that yeah and like fucking kudos to them because like yeah that's like that's i don't phenomenal. know man they've been taking a lot of heat as of late i mean they've been taking a lot like i love jt i got no beef with jt i got no beef with anybody but jt and i we still talk he's he's come in and consulted for us he's like walked around the facility talked about certain things that they did that we're doing so you're doing the right thing there so but no it's just like there's that's one of those things that like like the thing I do love about Shell Shock is we're in the political spectrum. Yeah. Shell Shock as a company is not, but I am, and people know I own it. So it's like you already know where I stand. Whereas in Black Rifle, I remember years ago they got hit with something it was like, Oh, they don't support gay people and then like best did a video. It's like, Yeah, we do, and then these two girls are making out. It's like that's a smart way to cover that. Fucking That's Eric. a fucking smart way to cover that. But it's just like people in this day and age, it's where I tell people, see, if you are going to do politics, go all in. Don't dip your toe, fucking go all in. And if you're not, don't go near it. Yeah. I don't go near it. It's smart. I don't it's keep smart up not to date with that shit. Plus, no. it just makes you fucking angry. It does. Like case in point. That's yeah. why I don't have fucking cable. I don't blame you there. Like, and that that was super funny. Is like uh, the first time my parents came out to the new house. Uh, my dad went and sat down on the couch in the morning with a cup of coffee and like grabs TV remote, and, like turns it on. And he's like, <laughs> "Where's the news? And the I'm fuck like, is this? I'm like, I don't have it." And he's like, "How do you stay informed? How do you know what's going on in the world?" And I'm just like. 
I don't. I mean, realistically, a lot of people don't want to, and I get why. They yeah, want to live well, in ignorance, I mean, and I understand that. That makes perfect sense. Because you live a much happier life. Right. You live a much happier life. But for me, it's like, I do like me. I, I like knowing what's going on. And yeah, you're right. It does make you angry. It makes you very angry. That's why you got to, like, moderate that shit. I, I just take, like, cliff notes of what's going on. Yeah. I take what's important. And, like, yes, I see everything, like, as a whole. But I take, like, the little stuff that I want to see yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. And then Well, for me, it's like, I I'm glad that we're in the political spectrum because we're watching the economy right now. It's like, okay, we need to start making adjustments now. Mm -hmm. like, we need to start making adjustments now for what's coming because the oil price, it's insane. So it's like, luckily, none of our manufacturers have up our costs. Everything's the same, thankfully, still. But it's coming. So it's like, oh, how yeah. are we going to make shifts now to prepare for when this does happen? So Yeah, and that's what, uh, you know, it's every single fucking day it's something different. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah. I was working with one of our manufacturers. Um, this was probably almost three months ago on the fact that California having a drought so that there's like mm -hmm. a, there's going to be like in the millions of tomatoes, like pounds yeah. under this year. So mm -hmm. we're locking in millions of pounds of tomatoes to be able to cover our products. Yeah. Like for next year. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And like supply I, line issue, all that stuff. Yeah. People, that, don't, that, yeah. people don't see that side of the business, especially whenever you're in like a consumable. Yeah. Manufacturing world, like, mm -hmm. oh, fucking hey, it's a fucking nightmare. It's nuts. It's um, nuts how much it fluctuates. But, yeah, it's good to be ahead of that power curve and have an eye on the horizon of what's coming down the pipeline from the economy. And it's, it's taken a long time to learn that because, like, people also don't realize, like, if you don't have it, you can't sell it. Yeah. Oh, so if we made that mistake first launching Shellshock because that we'd sell out and to reorder, it would take like four or five weeks like fuck it's mm -hmm. like we can't have this we cannot have this and then we we just we adjusted to where we would do a reorder at 50 percent inventory and then we had to learn that needs to fluctuate based upon the sale of the product if the product's a slow seller don't wait to 50 percent if this thing is taking forever to sell wait till about 10 percent and that's where like you know having certain softwares uh mm -hmm. once you start having you know mm -hmm. the numbers rolling in to where it can help you forecast those projections mm -hmm. um and that's like uh, we just switched over to a program called Skew Vault for anyone who's in the business world. Mm -hmm. They're actually very, very good at doing that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that way, you know, we say, OK, hey, we have to do a minimum order of this amount of product. Uh, we order it by this amount of quantity, like and then we can see our sales forecast. And, you mm -hmm. know, this minimum on hand quantity is our maximum order or minimum order. And then it'll do all the calculations for us. And it's still not 100 percent accurate because it can't truly track everything, but it can look over your past history and everything yeah. like that. But um, yeah, like that, uh, that was one of the things that always like drove me crazy is like you have a manufacturer that tells you X amount like, oh, yeah, it'll be four weeks and that four weeks turns into nine weeks mm -hmm. and then you run and you're left product. holding the bag yep yep and then if you oversell now you have to play, mm -hmm. play catch up and customer yep. service and that's like, what they say under promise over deliver and yep. it makes sense like hey guys because realistically it's like oh this product's gonna launch or we're gonna have this much product under like go under mm -hmm. and that oh, way you, you got your bases covered because people it's like oh we've got we got so much of this it's like bro what because sometimes we'll have a product that doesn't do worth a dick we did a bacon flavored cbd oil and it did bombed. And we were sitting there with like 100 bottles on the shelf. It's like, motherfucker. And it's like, okay, so next time when we're going to test something, test the waters, test it small, small quantity and see how it does. Yeah. And if you sell out, that's fine. Because it's like, look, we said this is a minimum thing. But if we have enough people saying we want this, let's go ahead and actually make this mainstream or mainline product. So it's like, that's what we've learned. It's like, let's test the waters a little bit, see if it does well. Because before, it's like with t-shirts, mm -hmm. you can order 200 we're still sitting on a shitload of Shellshock CBD t-shirts because we order too much of the smalls and too much of the 3XL. There's not that many people that want to wear those sizes. So it's like now you're stuck with fucking that. So I'm going to have to donate it so I can write it off as a tax break. Yeah. Because we're not selling it. 
So it's learning those those things over time where it's like, okay, we need to order more of the medium large and then a lot more of the extra large because from our demographic, more people are wearing extra larges than anybody else. So. Mm-hmm. And that's the same in our world. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, that's what I hate the thing where whenever people ask like, oh, what's the hardest thing in business? <laughs> business. Business. It's all. It's all there. <laughs> like yeah. Overall, there's no easy question to that. There's yeah. no like, oh, what's your biggest failure? It's like. All of it. There's a lot. Yeah. Like, but that's why I'm successful yeah. is because I've taken that failure as a learning point. Yeah. And you're never going to make that mistake again. Yeah. Yeah. Same for us. Yeah. That's why I hate fucking the school system. Like, yeah. it's so fucking stupid. The fact that you can like, oh, you have to have 70% correct to pass mm-hmm. on a test that you can't get any help with. But yeah. as soon as you're out of school. Everyone can fucking help you. And exactly. It's encouraged to work together. Are you going to have a calculator when you walk in down the street? Yes, the fuck I am. Damn so straight. fuck your math. Yeah. No. And it's a good that you know, I'm so glad I memorized all the fucking presidents in order. Oh, man. Tell me about like, it, right? Uh, all I've the states. Oh, I'm telling you, like advanced algebra and shit. Like, am I trying to be a scientist here? No. Yeah. Like, my teacher should have known. I was like, oh, he kind of chews on cramp. No, he's probably military. I mean, let's just get him through basic math. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mine definitely did. They all thought I was fucking stupid whenever I went through school. I'd take extra reading classes, and they labeled me as dyslexic. They it's let me graduate on the minimum plan, so thank you for that. <laughs> but it's And here you are crushing it now because people are smart in different aspects of their brains. Well, I shouldn't say that. No, some people are just stupid across the board. Oh, yeah. But some people just excel better in other areas of life than they do, like, the normal mainstream areas. Or like, things know. that they are actually passionate about. Yeah. Or yeah. engaged with. Like, sorry, yeah. you fucking suck at teaching. Yeah. Like, uh, I was fucking straight up was before I went into the military, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, I am going to go to college. My parents consistently just put that bug in my ear. I owned two businesses at the time, but I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, yeah, I am going to go to college. Mm-hmm. They told me I didn't have everything done because I wasn't smart enough because I graduated on the minimum plan <laughs> and denied me to, go to, you know. to go to that college. And uh, in 2019, mm-hmm. I gave a speech at that college for entrepreneurship for veterans. Nice. And I was the lead of that. And I was, I was too <laughs> stupid to go to the school. So I remember that. Oh, shit. Yeah. How was that, Matt? Uh, it was fine. I mean, the, the faculty staff that was there mm-hmm. that actually showed up, they loved it. That's smart. Yeah. But, That's I mean, I, I told them from the get-go, I was like, I'm going to be fucking dead honest throughout yeah. this whole entire thing. So, just a heads up. Yeah. That's what I do love about the entrepreneur mindset. It's like, you can't... I, I don't like it when these people say, these are the things you need to grow your business. Like, no, dude. It, it, you can't give them a one-size-fits-all answer. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, there's no rules. There's That's no why, rules. You, know, you got to figure this shit out for yourself. Yeah, people, yeah. you know, listening to this podcast that, like, reach out and they're like, hey, you know, how do you do marketing for your business? It's like... I need to know more about your business. If we're going to go to that level, you have to pay me. Yeah, sit down. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Like, it, and we're still learning, like, especially with our social media. Every day. Like, bro, our social gets, like, pulled down. We can't even post. That's why a lot, we could be making way more in sales, but every time we post a Delta 8 post, they pull it down and give us a strike against our account. The only way to do is, is mass email blast, but we don't want to get that over and over and over again to our subscribers because they're going to start unsubscribing. Right. So right now we have these products, and the goal is get them to the website and let them see. But that's the difference between, like, our companies. Like, we can't post Delta 8. We can't post our biggest selling product because if we could, I'd be throwing so much fucking ad money behind that shit right now, and I can't. Right. And it's like So we, we were, like, on this cusp of, like, being able to do millions a month, and we can't. Because of the stupid terms of services these dumb big tech platforms have, even after this shit's been federally legalized, makes no sense. I would love to do this uh, with you and just like make an ad off the John Burke Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Uh, They deleted it. They pulled my page. Really? They unpublished me at 600,000. Yeah. Motherfuckers. They unpublished it. 
Because like I, I think I created be, another one, just John Burke. It's my private page, but it's public, so I got like five something thousand followers over there. But it's just like, yeah, they pull my shit. That would be amazing to tie an ad account to that, mm-hmm. and then you just like you do everything as far as you can, pushing, mm-hmm. stating like so people kind of they have the hint of where it is, yeah, and then just like run it through and just like troll Facebook. <laughs> like those motherfuckers have it out for me. Yeah, but I mean, like, literally just push it to the point to where, like, you're blurring out certain things or you're standing in front of certain things and, like, yeah. making, like, videos and, like, just stupid, like, puns and shit like that because yeah. your customers are going to love that. That's true. That's definitely changed in how people are marketing these days to where it's not prim and proper, dress right, dress black and white. Now it's just, like, people like the personality. They like the personal um, touch when it comes to business because people are kind of like, you are the business. They are mm-hmm. buying you. They like you as a person. And if you as a person are going to say, this is the product I endorse and this is why, hopefully if you haven't sold out your audience, they're going to believe you. And that's what's hard about being a business owner is like you have to be that front, but you also have to manage and run a business. And that's like, you know, you met, you met Paul mm-hmm. and like Paul's like kind of taking over also being like a face of a business in the recipe development world. Because like I don't have all the time in the world to sit down and be yeah. like, all right, let me craft up this recipe. And then yeah. once this recipe is written out, like cook it, test it, and yeah. then fucking go back through and like film it and edit it and do all that kind of stuff. Like and you want to be careful that you don't become the face of the brand either, because if you do, if you do ever, ever do want to sell that, the, the company is extremely hard. They're going to look at saying, wait, but you're the face of this. You go. This company's probably going under. Right. So that's makes why sense. I'm putting the ass as the face. It's a smart. You um, got a beautiful ass. Thank you. You're welcome. I squat. <laughs> I, that you do. I do like that. That you do. Um, Yeah, no, that's it's um, I don't know. It's uh, it's crazy. Everything that's going on with all that kind of stuff. But I think that it would it would truly be fun to like troll Facebook. And like speaking of that, uh, we did uh, a new ad set um, and I was doing some testing. So I was like, dude, it would be absolutely hilarious if like I was talking about, are you tired of dry, overcooked or undercooked brisket? Mm. And we were doing tests on different image creatives video creatives and all that kind of stuff so i I, like ran around the warehouse and i had some brisket and like you know i was like are you tired of dry fucking overcooked brisket take a bite of brisket and i blew out like a bunch of gunpowder so it looked like just like dust coming out of my mouth and then like it's like are you uh tired of like dry chewy undercooked brisket i take a bite of a brisket and then like i I put a condom behind the brisket so it would just like stretch (laughs) out and i pop myself in the face of the condom so i'm like my creative brain going i'm like fuck yeah it's so great and then like all the still images that are just like boring as shit in my mind outperformed every single video and we had to turn them all off because they're underperforming and i'm just like son of a bitch i just ate a mouthful of gunpowder it was delicious but it is a lot uh and then had a condom in my mouth and smacked myself in the face the first time you've done that though no it's not um, even, let's not even, you know, sugarcoat that. Yeah, but it's just like, it, it's frustrating too as a business owner whenever you're like, dude, I got this fucking great idea. And then you like go around and you put all this work into it. And it's like, oh, this meme that I posted just outperformed it. And that's, like and that's the other thing of like sales. tracking your analytics. Cause yeah, because now we're doing a series of, um, would you eat this? Mm-hmm. And it gets really good feedback. It gets, it gets the algorithm up. We get a lot of comments because when people comment, people are liking that kind of boosts the engagement oh, stuff yeah. like that. So that's one thing I've seen because I was watching a post that we were doing. Our social media team was doing is like, Hey, change that, add this, let's try that. And it's getting really good engagement. It's like, so let's just keep doing it. And then not too much, not every day, every few days, put one out there. So you kind of see what content works and what content doesn't. Because for the longest time, we were doing a lot of just feel good. And we still do it. Feel good motivational posts, which are great. 
but that's not going to help contribute to sales that much. No. So it's like we have to speckle in some product posts, things like that, and we still can't touch Dell 8. And it just it's it's so fucking annoying. So you got to see what works the best. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That's it, it's an it's a consistent, and that's one of the things. Like so, every Thursday we have a testing day, mm-hmm. and we go over all of the A B tests that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know a landing page, seeing what's above or below the fold, mm-hmm. uh, making a, a slight. We just did one to where it's like, hey, let's do a white background with mm-hmm. some wood grain texture in it on a landing page, or a black background with some gray wood grain texture in it. Mm-hmm. See which one did. The black one was like ninety nine percent higher converting. Yeah, than let's white. go with that. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Our website has a white background. Am I doing this all wrong? <laughs> that's that's just part of experimenting and see what does work. Yeah, it's it's you know, hey, let me add a emoji to email subject line. Yeah, then yeah, we've done that. Yep. And, and like, if you look in the emails, you'll see the eggplant somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's like little Easter eggs like yeah. that, like you might do, and unless if you actually truly test it, you'll never know what works and what doesn't that's work. True. So like. Um, and that's something that's one thing I, I wish I would have done a lot sooner as a business owner and with my team is like s- setting dedicated time yeah. to every single test that we do, mm-hmm. putting it inside of a calendar, spreadsheet, however you need to. So, you know, every single test that's running current status and then the finished status and then take exactly the information that you learned from that and then do it differently. Makes sense. So that way. You can, yeah. You can track cool. your, all that stuff. Variant B1. Let me take a the variant B. That's obviously the winner, so we're going to fully promote that. And now let's create another test off of that and see if we can make it better. Right. Because like a lot of people don't realize, like if you can change your conversion rate to say you know three percent conversion rate across the whole entire website mm-hmm. to four percent mm-hmm. conversion rate, and you're doing a million dollars a year, yeah. You just added in you know another hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in sales a year mm-hmm. by spending zero dollars more. Just by seeing what works and what doesn't. Yeah, changing a few colors, headline, maybe yep. making your text smaller. It's having the eyes for that. It's having the understanding of what to look for. Yeah, and, and I mean, that just takes repetition Yeah, and testing, which is the basic boring shit that no one wants to do. That's 100% accurate. That is 100% true. I'm guilty of that myself. I'm not going to lie. I that's, why I have, that's why I have people that help me with that. So Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, but like that's why I put, our, you know, our team's built out to where all of our shit's out there. And, you know, like uh, that way, like my team can see what I'm working on. And I can hold myself accountable because mm-hmm. like, fuck, yeah, dude, some of the basic testing, it gets boring as fuck. Yeah. Like, but, you know, it's got to be done. Yeah. I get it. Well, where can people find you at? Uh, grillyourassoff.com. Um, your social medias are the same. Grill your ass off. Yeah. Grill your ass off on everything. If you search it, even if you type in the word ass on Facebook, it'll still pull up. So just grillyourassoff.com. Uh, my personal shit. I don't really push. You can see it. Just search Jason Murphy and you'll see me on there. Um, and then, yeah, go, go check out our TikTok. We have a bunch of funny shit on there that we've, uh, I've been doing a lot more of the perverted old school grill your ass off on there. Cause that's what's like kind of taken off. So are they letting it fly. Yeah, so far we've had some. Uh, you remember the commercial we made way back in the day about like, are you tired of your wife not swallowing? Well, yeah. I got a solution for you. Like they took that down real quick. Oh, absolutely. Um, but for the most part, I mean, like, uh, I I seasoned someone's vagina inside of there. Um, that that flew. Uh, I also <laughs> it's uh, hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there there's a section uh, to where I pop up in between someone's legs with a uh, tomato paste all over my face, holding the hot <laughs> sauce. Talking about like I, unlike the other guys, I actually put the shit on everything. <laughs> so like, just like having the dumb fun stuff, like it, it's yeah, it's going people well. People like that. People like that. They enjoy. It. I mean, look at Sa- Doctor Sasquatch, the soap stuff. Like you still remember that? Like these are the things that are funny as hell to people. Oh yeah. So we're we're really pushing that and having a lot a lot of fun with it. 
Makes sense. So, All right, brother. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Again, you can find Jason at grillyourassoff.com, veteran-owned company. He's been in business for five and a half years. He is scaling like crazy, and your product line is insane. You have you have sauces. You have seasonings. You have jerky. Uh, you have a lot more coming down the pipeline. You've got dips. You you've got, got pickles, you olives. Got, you got everything. Get you some donkey dongs, donkey balls. Be fucking all fold up. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the All American Savage Show.com. And also make sure you check out the website to grab your first uh, the stickers and the mugs, the All American Savage Show. You want to support the show, that's how you can do it. All American Savage Show.com. And this episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. Fourth of July sale is coming up, so be prepared for that. And we launched the new health and wellness gummies today for subscribers. Subscribers get first dibs to it. That is now going to be live here in the next few hours. And then tomorrow it opens up for everybody else. So if you want to check out the elderberry, ashwagandha, and apple cider vinegar gummies that actually taste really good, that's coming to you. Average is going to be $19.99 for about a month's worth. And you can't beat that with a brick stick. These are made right here in America. We appreciate your love and support. And as always, you stay savvy.